Hi, I'm Ira Joy, and welcome to Dear Future Boss, a podcast about the things I've learned being young, creative, and unemployed. Hi, everyone. I'm so excited for today's episode. We have a lovely young creator on the podcast today. Her name is Claudia Bonici. She graduated from a media and communications degree, and she's got a lot of things she wants to share regarding what's happening in the world right now. And we're so thrilled to have her on board. Welcome, Claudia. Hi, thanks for having me. Our pleasure. It's our pleasure. Now, it's no secret that we live in unprecedented, uncertain times, as everyone keeps saying, but we want to know, how are you and how are you feeling amidst everything that's going on right now? I'm okay. I think, um, like you said, it's all unprecedented. So everything's out of our control, which is scary. Um, But I think the best thing I'm trying to do is just take it day by day and just letting it happen, basically. So in terms of, you know, the, I suppose the more practical elements of this crisis, what has it been like for you in terms of your work and your lifestyle? Like what have, what has changed for you in how your, your days tend to go? Yeah. I mean, my whole lifestyle's changed at the moment. I don't have a job. Um, I was working in retail and obviously that's all closed now. So I'm waiting to hear back for when I can go back to work, um, which means no job, no income. Um, I'm very lucky in the sense that I do have support around me, but I can't do the things that I was doing every day from just going up to the shops quickly or, you know, going to the gym. I can't do any of that. So my lifestyle's completely changed and yeah, it's daunting at the same time because I'm someone who needs a routine and my routine at the moment is wake up and decide what am I going to bake today or what am I going to paint today? You know, it's coming up with new hobbies and yeah, everything's changed for me. But like I said, taking it day by day is all I can do and just wait till it's all over, I guess. And is it the same for your friends or your, your circle of um, people? Are you experiencing similar um, issues with kind of getting, I suppose, motivation to get up each day? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, a lot of my friends work in the same industry as I do and they've lost their income and they've lost their work. Um, So I guess for us, especially my circle of friends, our biggest thing was if we're bored, we see each other and we can't do that. So it's a lot of pressure on trying to figure out what to do and how to enjoy your own company, which is a huge thing because especially for a lot of people my age, we're a very social generation and we thrive on going out and, you know, going out for lunch and brunch and you can't do any of that. So yeah, it's had a huge impact on all of us. And I think I have noticed it has hit a lot of us mentally because we're now trying to find new ways to have fun. Would you say that's the biggest challenge is not having social connection? Is that the biggest challenge that you're facing? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you can FaceTime your friends as much as you want and it's still not the same as, you know, being able to give each other a hug and talking to each other or going out for coffee. It's not the same. And it is a really big challenge, especially for someone like me. I'm a very social person and I need social interaction every day. Um, And I don't have that. And it's hard, you know, I have people at home I can talk to, but it's not the same. And it does impact you because you kind of feel like literally isolated, not just because we are in isolation, but you feel like you're alone. Even though everyone's doing the same thing, you don't feel like you have people around you anymore. 
and you kind of feel like you live the best way I can explain it is I feel like I'm living on an island with no one around me and nowhere to go no transport nothing because I don't have what I need to survive every day and it sounds weird but I do need to talk to people to survive each day you see a lot of people who are online who who live online that are admittedly introverted and they seem to be coping fine with what's happening you know I see a lot of those memes and tweets of you know yeah prepared my whole life for this um you know this is nothing new for me but yeah no one really talks much about how it does impact more extroverted people who do need people around them so yeah that's an interesting point that you raise in and yeah is there anything else you'd like to kind of yeah absolutely I mean I'm the way I classify myself is I'm an introverted extrovert I love being on my own I love enjoying my own company but as opposed to talking to people, the ratio is kind of like 20, 80. And yeah, I don't think a lot of people are talking about how it is for people who are social because I feel like it's almost like, oh, you'll be right. You know, it's just brunch with the girls, but it's like, it's not just that. It's, it's the way that we live. We are, that's who we are. We need social interaction. And I just think a lot of people haven't actually spoken about that. Yeah. And I think it's because human nature, really, we do need other people. We're not we're not meant to be alone. We weren't created to be by ourselves, even though, you know, we need our own space and everyone values their own privacy, but to feel like, to really live that true human experience, it is, it has to be in that, that social way. And I think everyone's learning that lesson. Wouldn't you say that everyone's realizing just those little things of going out for a cup of coffee with a friend, it's not something to be taken for granted. No, exactly. And I think that that's one thing that everyone's opened up to it's those little tiny things even just going up to the shops just to browse for a couple of hours to waste time on a weekend you can't do that at the moment and you don't realize those little things make up such a huge part of your life as much as we are privileged to be able to have somewhere to live even though we're housebound right now we had all of these luxuries that have suddenly <laughs> been taken away so and i can imagine at your age as well losing that sense of freedom must really be hitting hard at the moment yeah it is it's it's a weird time like it's just you know I go to work and I I deal with customers every day I'm always around people and all of a sudden that just literally got stripped away from all of us and it did it happened overnight for a lot of us and mm. you can't get used to it because this isn't normal for anyone mm. and so how was that for you um, did you have an inkling that you were going to lose your job how did all, all of that roll out for you Yeah. So basically working in retail, we were an essential service and technically speaking, we all still are an essential service. Um, I knew the day that all like the bars and restaurants went into lockdown, I kind of had an inkling that we would be next. So that was stage one. Stage two, I assumed that retail would be closed. It got to stage two and we were still open. Um, And at that point I was kind of, this is going to sound a little bit, I guess, maybe ungrateful, but I wanted to close because we were getting really busy to the point that no one could keep their distance. People were coughing in my face. People were touching everything. And I had to think about my health and my family's health. And I honestly felt like at that point, going to work wasn't worth it. Selling clothes wasn't worth it. But in the end, by the end of that week, um, we got an email at 10am and 6pm that day we closed and 
I haven't been at work since, but we've been told we're meant to go back to work next week. And I just, I don't believe that's going to happen. So it's mm-hmm. kind of like I went from, you know, working full time to nothing to now not knowing when I'm actually going to go back. And, you know, in my opinion, I don't think I'm going to go back to at least May. I don't know. I don't have an answer. So it's kind of, that, that's causing a lot of anxiety because it's like, I need an income. I don't know when it's going to happen. But then at the same time, I am also kind of glad we did close in a way. Um, mm. So it's kind of like, it's so many mixed emotions with it all. Yeah, no, I understand. And I don't think it's a, it's a matter of you being ungrateful. I think it's actually you being responsible. And yeah. that is a wonderful thing given how, you know, there are people still out there not taking it seriously. So the fact that you understand that you have to sacrifice an income for the health of the world, <laughs> the health of your family, but also other that people, I think that's a good thing. Being a, a uni student and even a recent graduate, you know what it's like not having certainty or not having, you yeah. know, stability, but where are you in terms of um, your future in your career and in your employment pursuits are you looking for work now or are you thinking there's no point on doing that? What's it like for you? Yeah. I mean, at the moment I'm not looking because I do think what's the point. I mean, there are so many people that don't have a job at all and I am fortunate where I didn't lose my job. You know, I was a full-timer. I still have that income when I go back. So I haven't been looking, but it has really kind of reaffirmed where I want to go with my future. And it's not retail. I mean, retail wasn't my you know, goal career. It's, it's where I've headed just at the moment because it's what I've been doing for the last five years. Um, but yeah, it's definitely, I guess the good thing about this time is that it's allowed me to explore my creativity again, which I haven't done because I've worked full time and you come home from work and the last thing you want to do is sit and start a new project. So I've had that opportunity to kind of think about what I want to do and, um, while I haven't started anything necessarily, I've kind of got a grasp on, yeah, now I, now I can see. And if that means going back to uni, that's probably what I'm going to end up doing. But it has given me a chance to kind of stop and think about where I'm headed. And, you know, when I go back to work, this might all just go into a back burner again, like it has. But at the same time, it's nice to be able to just focus on me for a little bit and not feel guilty for doing that because, I can't work. There's nothing I can do at the moment, but do that. And that's sort of, I, I think the the biggest upside from my perspective as well with this whole thing is that we are forced to take time to reevaluate. We get so caught up in the busyness of life that we rarely stop to smell the roses as they say. So I think that is one of the biggest opportunities for this time. So I'm glad that you've kind of mentioned that now you're, you're thinking about the future, but in a more, um, you know, positive way, I suppose, because it's like you've realized that retail's not your be all and end all. Um, tell me more about that. So what have you been thinking about in terms of going back to uni and what your sort of creative um, future looks like? So basically I've kind of, my goal was always to somehow incorporate creativity with mental health. And I didn't know how I was going to do that. And to be honest, I still have no idea, but I've always wanted to work in mental health. That's always been the end goal Um, and I actually started doing my master's in marketing at the start of the year and then working full-time took over and I had to defer and I deferred a week before 
lockdown happened. So that was great timing. Um, <laughs> but it's reaffirmed. I'm thinking about maybe going back to uni and doing maybe like a diploma in mental health or maybe something less creative that can kind of draw in everything because obviously media and, you know, content creation, I've been doing it for a while and I know, I know what I'm doing in a sense that, you know, I don't need to go back and study it. Um, I could probably, you know, upskill, but I don't need to go and do a whole course on it. So I was thinking if I can somehow get some more knowledge in another industry, preferably mental health, um, then I feel like I would be able to kind of find a way to incorporate both in the future. So that's the plan, hopefully. It does sound like a wonderful plan, though. I have to say, I think I think one of the, the biggest things that will come out of this is some kind of mental health crisis, really. Like, I mean, it was already happening. I feel like things like this will just accelerate that. So I feel people like you need to be working on solutions, need to be out there helping people. So I think that the government are aware that, you know, they'll have to step up and boost that sector. I know that a lot of unis now are looking to offer really cost-effective short courses and things online. So would that be something you might be interested in doing if the government can kind of play their part? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, that's probably what I, I don't think I could go back to uni for another three years and do a full degree because I've done that. And unfortunately, I need to work full time. Now, just in terms of your advocacy for mental health, and I've known you for a couple of years and I know it's something that you've always been passionate about um, amidst doing all of your creative things as well, but what support do you feel people really need right now? I think, um, especially right now with what's going on, I think people just need to know that they're not the only ones. Um, I have struggled with my mental health, especially during this time, and I know a lot of my friends and family have as well. And the biggest pattern I have seen is the guilt for feeling bad or for feeling depressed or for feeling anxious because, you know, why are they depressed? They're home or why are you anxious? You're not leaving and going anywhere. And it's hard to tell someone you're allowed to feel like that, or it's hard to tell yourself that you're allowed to feel like that because you're not doing anything. So in your head, you think if I'm not doing anything, why am I anxious? Um, And I think a lot Mm. of people put anxiety and depression with stress um, and stress I guess a lot of people think stress comes from being busy and that's not always the case, you know, and I think um, right now a lot of people just need to be encouraged to feel the way they feel because it's okay that you're anxious because our whole lives have literally been turned upside down, inside out. We have no control of our lives at the moment, which is the scariest part. And we don't know when this is all going to end and go back to normal, if it ever will. And I think it's that whole fear of the unknown that people Mm. are really struggling with. I know I'm struggling with it because I don't know when I'm going to go back to work. I don't know when I'm going to be able to travel again and go to the shops and just do the little things again. And it's just telling people that you're you're okay and you're allowed to feel like this Mm. because this isn't a normal way of living. And I think right now that's what people need. But even just in general, talking about it telling people you're allowed to go get help. It's not a sign of weakness to Mm. go get help. And it's just reaffirming those little things I think helps because I know when I was at my worst and I finally got help, it took people to push me into that doctor's room. And once I did it, I was like, hey, it's not actually as bad as I thought it would be. Mm. Mm. So it's just that, you know, it's that support. It's the biggest thing. It's not necessarily having, I mean, more services obviously needs to happen 
even in a normal life but it's just having those people that have been through it and know what it's really like and know that you know anxiety comes from anything it's not just from being stressed it's not just from being scared it can come out of nowhere and talking about it that's the biggest thing we live in such a different world than what our older generation grew up in and i think you know i'd love to hear your perspective on youth mental health what do you think is the difference for the millennial and generation Z in terms of how they have to struggle with it? Because you hear, especially at this time, you know, people are comparing it to the Great Depression and the plagues that happened in the past, you know, and we're all often told, you know, our generation that we need to build resilience. It's not like we suffered the way that our parents suffered or our grandparents suffered. So what do you think is the difference in terms of how youth are struggling in this day and age? I think it's exactly what you just said. We have this pressure that, you know, we're not in a bad time like they were or, you know, we didn't have to walk 20Ks to go to school and we have a lot more, you know, privilege. And I think it's that pressure because we're not, we're made to feel guilty for struggling, you know, and we are subjected to a lot more. Social media wasn't a thing back then. And I go on Instagram and I'll go on, you know, Facebook and see, especially now a good example is I'll go on Instagram and everyone's doing workouts and everyone's eating healthy and I've been binging on chocolate and you know bad food because I'm trying to cope and I've been made to feel guilty for coping that way and I think that that's a huge part of our issue is that people our age are made to feel guilty to struggle because we have it a lot easier than they did back then and I think that's why you look at a lot of people my age and those that have a job are actually overworked because you can't just do a 30 hour week and then say you're tired. You have to do like a 45 hour to 50 hour week. And then you have the right to say, Oh, I'm tired. Mm. And I think it's that pressure from, I'm not saying it's all older generations, but it is that pressure that, you know, well, we struggle. We went through this. We went through that. You have it so easy. You have a nice house. I get that. I totally get that. And we're not ungrateful for that, but it doesn't mean we're still not struggling with our things. Yes. And that's why I often refer to it as a silent struggle. Yeah. You know, and I think it it does, it hits young people, especially, but it also hits creative people, especially, you know, because where we already had the uncertainty before all of this happened, or like even just our normal kind of uh, chasing our career or our dreams, there was already uncertainty. It's not a, like a direct path like other industries. Like if you're in the medical field or you want to be a lawyer, there's no direct pathway. So dealing with that, but as you said, on top of that, the pressure to be made to feel guilty. And I know we've had uh, conversations in the past where, you know, people can't understand why you can't find work, <laughs> you know, that having a, yeah. having a degree, you can't even get a job. So I understand that completely. Like, what? So, what do you think? Other people, and we we don't want to say it's just older generations because no, can definitely be, not. Can be our peers who are not creative. Yeah. You know, how can we educate them to understand what we're going through without them experiencing the same things? I think being a creative, no matter what you are, whether you're a writer, a painter, a dancer, a singer, whatever, you are a minority. And art, in any sense, is that especially right now, is a perfect example of this. We're not essential, except we are essential without people realising it. And I think this is where a lot of people who 
aren't creatives don't understand it. When you turn on a TV, it would be a media student, an art student of some sort who is creating the content that you're watching. You turn on the radio, it's a bunch of creatives either hosting the show, singing the music, whatever it is, producing the shows, anything. And I don't think people grasp that sense of it. Besides the fact that maybe you don't need to listen to music every single day, the people behind all that are essential to our everyday living. And it's when you wake up people to that, like I know even with my family, when we've actually sat and dissected something that we've watched, you know, if we're watching The Bachelor, you look at it and you think it's just a crappy reality TV show. But behind that is a bunch of cameramen, cameramen, um, you know, lighting experts, people who produce the shows, writers, everything. They're all creatives of some sort. And I think when you start actually teaching people this, they start to realise, oh, wow, actually, you are essential in our everyday life because without you, we wouldn't have TV, we wouldn't have radio, we wouldn't have any of this. Um, and, and we wouldn't even have, like, nice houses because people that design it, they're creatives, you know. It's those yeah. tiny little things. Um, and I think, yeah, it's, it's hard because we're always going to be a minority, you know. Okay, we may not save people's lives in a sense that, you know, we can give you a heart transplant or something. But mm-hmm. we are still essential for people to have positive and healthy lives in another sense. Yes. And I think there is that strong connection with creativity and mental health. That's not obvious because as you said, you've, you've been trying for a couple of years to kind of, you know, marry the two up, but you're right. It's hard to kind of measure it, isn't it? Yeah. Because it is creativity. The arts are so bled into our lives, but not in practical ways that can be measured. You know, when there's no, it's hard to put research and statistics behind how many people um, have a better way of life from watching a movie. Do you know what I mean? That kind of thing. I mean, there could be research out there, but obviously something that we're not really, you know, that's not really. Yeah. Um, But yeah, so I think then there is the opportunity then for creators to start kind of educating the world about how important and essential we actually are. So in terms of what you're hoping to do, and um, I know that you've got plans to, to start like a social movement and, and things like that. How are you seeking to educate people about um, mental health and how creativity can really help? I think um, for me, creating content is my passion. You know, I, whether it's photos, videos, writing, whatever it is, I think that something so small can have such a huge impact on people. And you see it because we're influenced on social media every day. Every post is a content, a piece of content that has been created. Um, and I think that that's where I'm start trying to merge the two together. And we are all impacted by mental health and bringing it into our lifestyle, which is social media, because for a lot of us, social media is part of our lifestyle Um, and somehow, you know, merging the two to create something special. And it's hard. It's not easy. You know, I can't just put a photo up and say, yep, this is going to make everyone feel better, but it's finding a way to kind of um, create content that's going to inspire people and make people actually think. And I think that that's the most important part about any movement is that you don't want people just to scroll past it. You want people to stop and actually be like, Oh wow. Yeah, actually this is a really good point. So it's just trying to find the balance between both, which is very difficult. Yes, especially in a very saturated um, market right now. I yeah. mean, 
we, there is content overwhelm and, you know, we, we have to also balance how much we consume because people have different motives for putting content out there. You know, that whole, the whole viral nature of things and trends and all of that. It's like, how do we cut through the noise? Exactly. But then do you think then that it's not only the responsibility of creators, that it's also maybe us as consumers that do we need to educate people to be more mindful about what they're consuming? Yeah, definitely. I mean, we all have the choice to follow someone or not. I know when I jump on my Instagram only a couple of weeks ago, I did a massive detox of who I was following because I was becoming consumed by, you know, influencers that were showing off their bodies and showing off, you know, the latest health supplement. And I was becoming consumed in it. And it was to the point where I was like, why aren't I doing this? Am I doing something wrong? Why don't I look like this? So I think as consumers, we definitely have a huge, huge, huge position where we can choose, you know, what we want to consume in our everyday life and it's whether or not we hit that follow button or not and I think for a lot of people they follow people because other people follow them not because they're actually want to be inspired and influenced by them you know I follow a lot of youtubers that I used to watch when I was in high school maybe in high school they aligned with what I was interested in but now they don't and I was still following them because they have a million followers and that's just what you do Um, but yeah, I definitely think that we have a huge position where we can, I guess, help content creators because obviously as a creator as well, you want organic following and you want followers that are going to support you because they enjoy what you post, not just because you have, you know, a hundred thousand followers and you are wearing the latest brands or whatever. That's right. Yeah. yeah, It's, we all are in a position where we can choose the way we go about Mm. it. And I think it requires us to be a bit more mindful and go a bit deeper. Like I think, as you mentioned there, it's, there's a lot of shallow shallowness and kind of superficiality going, going on. And even that, that whole influence, social influencer world is very much driven by money, by fame. You know what I mean? They're not actual substantial in the way that you'd want to create your content. So in terms of you as a consumer, then what, advice would you like to give to other people in terms of how they can better manage their mental health with what content they're allowing in? I think, um, and it's kind of, I mean, timing wise, I did this a couple of weeks ago. I went through my followers list and I started by unfollowing the people that I was just following just cause. Um, And once I started that, the posts that were coming up on my feed were more posts that kind of made me a little bit happier. And I started following pages that were a bit more Um, less superficial and more inspirational. So I was following, you know, mental health pages that would give you tips on how to cope during this time. And it's really helped in that sense. And I think that that's probably the best advice is just sit, spend an hour. And I know it's such a weird thing, you know, spending an hour going through who you follow, but because it is such a big part of our life, we have to do that. It's like decluttering our wardrobe. Mm. No, you might have a jumper that's been sitting there since you were 12. Well, you know, you're not going to wear it because you don't like it anymore. (laughs) So why would you keep it? And it's kind of that same thing. Um, And just starting to follow pages that make you feel good because that helps. If you're someone like me and the first thing you do in the morning is go on your phone, which I do, I don't want to see a girl in a bikini lying on a beach because the first thought I'm going to have is, oh, I don't look like that. Whereas I would rather follow a page that's going to have, you know, a cool quote. And that says, yeah, cool. It's okay if I'm not coping today or it's okay if I feel like this. And it helps a lot. So being, being more intentional about who you follow Definitely. and doing a declutter 
as you said, yes. and and there's no excuse now. People have got the time to write if you're going to be on your phone anyway. Absolutely. Yeah. So in that regard, I, I like that sentiment because that means that we are in control with mental health. There is this sense of feeling like you can't control things, but doing those little things to take a bit of control, I think is a really, you know, a, a good message. Are there other things you'd like to share to people who might be struggling right now that they can get some sense of control in their lives? Yeah. I mean, at the moment with everything that's going on, we don't have control of it and you need to accept that you're not going to find control over what's going on because this is beyond control of anyone, even our government, you know, everyone's struggling to gain hold of what is going on. And, um, it's okay to feel anxious about it. It's okay to feel overwhelmed and it's okay to feel depressed over it because the biggest thing for all of us is that we want to have some sense of control over our lives, which is totally normal. Um, And I think it's finding little things that you still can control. Like for me, you know, going through my social media the other day gave me a sense of, okay, now I can be exposed to what I want to be exposed to rather than what I just have been doing for the last couple of years. Um, You know, for me going for a walk or exercising, that's me taking control of how I'm feeling at that point. And it's finding little things just to help you cope. And the best advice I got given last week was at the moment, don't set goals for yourself. Just set the goal to survive because this isn't a normal time. This is never going to be a normal time. And in five years, when we look back on it, we're going to think, what just happened even in a year's time we're going to think what just happened and our life is probably never going to go back to the way it was in that sense but it's at the moment just finding ways to cope and survive it's the best thing you can do because as soon as I started doing that there was less pressure on me you know because my huge thing that I've been working on for the last six months is my fitness and my health and all of a sudden my gym closed and I was still trying to have these same goals and I was putting all this pressure on myself. And then as soon as someone said, just stop and just try to survive, all of a sudden I felt like the weight was lifted off my shoulder and I was like, okay, I'm not going to be hard on myself if I eat a whole share pack of Maltesers like I did Saturday night. I'm not going to be ashamed for doing that because at the moment this is our reality and we just need to deal with it. Yeah, wow, that that's actually quite powerful. Like it's it, it's reminding me of you know the bare basics. You know the, exactly. Just just survive. Like just yeah. And and let your survival every day being able to just get up, do the normal things. Let that be your success. I think we live in such a culture where everyone's like really achieving all of these things, and as you said, setting goals and being super productive, but why can't just getting through the day be exactly. successful? So yeah, I love that. And the other thing as well, you see a lot of people, I, I saw a post and it was like, this is the perfect time to start your side hustle. And I kind of thought about it. And I was like, okay, in a sense, yes. But why can't you just take this time to just focus on what you need to focus on, which is yourself? Because that's the biggest thing. And it's probably the biggest thing everyone neglects the most. Um, and yeah, I just think taking that pressure off yourself to be the best you can during this time helps because you don't have to be the best. You just have to survive and get through it. And I think being the best in the context of yourself, 
and your life. I think that's where your um, social media detox idea is a great thing. Like stop comparing how other people are using their time. I mean, for other, some people, their self-care might look like starting their side hustle because they've always wanted to. But for some, it might just be, you know, being in a good frame of mind where they can show themselves some love and respect. Just having that awareness that it's unique to everyone <laughs> and, you know, exactly. you, have to, you have to do what's right for you. So I, I love that message. Thanks for sharing that, Claudia. As we wrap up, just what else would you like to say to your peers? So we're talking to other young people who might be out of work or who were already unemployed, other young people who have these creative goals like you do that, you know, want a future in media or entertainment. What is something that you want to say to them? I think my biggest advice would be don't ever give up on what you love. It may not become your career straight away. It may not become your career ever, but never give up on it because being a creative is something so special and so unique. And it's something that you should never give up on just because it's not going your way right now. It doesn't mean it's never going to go your way and don't listen to, Oh, you'll never get a job or, Oh, why haven't you got a job already? because they're just people who don't understand. You understand and that's the most important thing. So yeah, just enjoy it and do what you can to have fun with it as well. Like I know how hard it is not finding a job. If I had my way, I would not be working in retail. But at the same time, I know I still have that thing to fall back on, which is my creativity. And that's so exciting and so nice. And I just think, yeah, enjoy it while you can. Awesome. And Claudia, if anyone wants to connect with you, where can they find you online? So they can connect with me on Instagram, which is probably the best thing, which is just Claudia Benici. Or they can, um, actually, that's probably the best. Maybe we can do that. <laughs> Instagram. <laughs> Instagram. Instagram. And we'll pop that link in our description. Um, but Claudia, thank you so much for taking the time to chat with us today. We've had such an insightful conversation about what's happening right now, but importantly, you know, how we can take control of our lives in terms of getting our mental health right and how creativity is important um, as well to, um, to the world, even though it's deemed non-essential, we know that we're essential. It's just, and it's our job, it's our mission to prove to other people that we are, right? (laughs) Absolutely. (laughs) Thank you so much. It was so good to chat with you. Thanks for having me.